Hello everyone, welcome back to Eject Rejects. We are your rejects. My name is Jacob. I'm Forrest. And my name is Ian. Why did you say it like yeah, that? I was about to say, you what? said that super weird. Why did you say it like Hi, that? Hi everyone, welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Ian. Hi Ian. Come on. Oh, sorry. Hi, Hi Ian. Ian. My bad. Anyway... <laughs> I've not had enough alcohol to keep up with them. <laughs> you took, and I've you've had taken enough. A, you've taken a sip. How are you? Uh, anyway, anyway, today Is it intoxicated off of our well, off of your farts you gave earlier. Yes. Yeah, my bad. So today we're going to be talking about a movie where if Ian actually drinks enough alcohol, he'll get the nickname. Um, today we're talking about Nightcrawler. Get it? Because you'll be drunk on the ground. Cr- I'm wow, gonna, fucking I'm, tough crowd. I'm going to be yelling at that plastic bank saying, What are you? This is going down the street. Jacob, did you think that was a good joke in your head, or did it just not come out? No, verbal diarrhea, and when people laugh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it resonates well in my brain, and then if they don't laugh, I cry. What about the people in your brain? Did they laugh at that? Yes, they're the ones who tell me to tell the joke. Jacob, are you taking your medications? No. You're not going to take me alive! Um, anyway. God, that was... Okay. So we're ta- so we're going to talk about Nightcrawler, which is an, an incredibly underrated Jake Gyllenhaal film from yes. 2014. And I'm going to let Ian take over on the... God, I hit the mic. I'm going to let Ian take over on explaining the synopsis and the uh, actors. Yeah, so this film focuses on... Um, the, the title of the film, Nightcrawler, is a reference to um, a group of people. Another term for them are called uh, stringers, I believe. Um, it's basically a group of people where their job is is they essentially have like police radios in their personal cars, and they have personal video equipment, you know, camcorders, things like that, semi-professional um, film crews, essentially. And they just hang out waiting for big news stories to show up or what can become a news story. Oh, there's the police scanners stating that there's going to be a robbery on, you know, Avenue 5 or, oh, you know, there's a drug bust here, whatever it is. And then they rush to the scene and try and get there before any other of these night crawlers get there to film the video footage. And what they do is they take this video footage and then they actually sell it to news stations for money. And that's their job. And this is not a made-up thing. This actually happens. This is a real thing. And that's what this film is about. And it focuses on... It's actually... Uh, there's a lot of characters in this film, but there's really only three that ultimately matter. And then the fourth one, which I'll talk about just because I would feel incl- I would feel terrible if I didn't. Um, the first one is Lewis, or Lou, our main character, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. He is basically a con man. He's a grifter. He's a snake oil salesman. He's not a nice guy. Mm-mm. He is this thin, emaciated. There's a lot of um, imagery of coyotes in this film. That's like a big thing. It actually got to a point they considered renaming this film to Coyote or put Coyote in the title as a result of that um, because that's very much kind of what he per- personifies. He's this, excuse me, this rangy, mangy, mangy coyote that's just like living off of the bones of society essentially mm-hmm. and then he ends up becoming a night crawler through happenstance and that's basically what the film is about um then you've got renee russo playing nina who is the um uh the film producer um editor for one of the news stations which happens to be the lowest rated news station at the beginning of the film in la which this film takes place and then lastly you've got Riz ahmed uh rick who becomes um lou's 
sidekick, his uh, his wingman mm-hmm. for their nightcrawler operation. He's this younger, um, kind of down on his luck guy that's constantly like trying to find the job to do, drifting in between stuff, and he gets sucked into this whole thing. And then the fourth character I want to bring up is just because I have to is Bill Paxton. Um, always Game gotta, over, yeah, man. Always got to mention over. wonderful Bill Paxton, rest in peace. And he plays as Joe Loader, who is one of the more established night crew leader, uh, night crawler leaders. He has his own little operation that's basically a news crew at this point. Like they've got a the whole setup in the film, and he's the guy that actually Lou runs into at the very beginning of the film. And Lou's like, "What are you guys doing?" And then. Um, Joe, Joe Loader's like, oh, we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then he that's what interests Lou in getting into this kind of thing. And he kind of serves as a pseudo-rival. Um, he uh, Joe Loader's character is a very specific turning point in the film, which we can get into uh, probably during spoilers. But we have to mention him because he's a very strong side character. All the other characters in this film are either plot devices or they're just window dressing. Well, I think Joe Loader is actually kind of a plot device he, he he's important he has a sure like you said he's that that moment that happens we'll talk about later it's a huge turning point for the the tone of the movie already kind of going in the the darker tonal banks of film but it, it got pretty dark this film was directed by dan gilroy this is his debut film holy shit for a dude's debut <laughs> yeah debut tell me about film. it killed it heck yeah um he did some work beforehand as a writer. He did the writing for Real Steel, that really shit. The Hugh uh, Jackman movie? Hugh Jackman, father, son, robot fighting. The Rock'em Sock'em robot film. Yeah. Uh, that, that Never film saw it. I, it. It's dog shit. I don't need to watch it. Yeah. Um, but he then recently did the straight-to-Netflix um, supernatural horror film with Jake Gyllenhaal, Velvet Buzzsaw, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. It takes the roots of like a haunted house movie, but it's haunted art. Great film. Oh, yeah. I looked up a little bit on that, and I was curious if that was something that you'd seen for. So now I'm definitely going oh, to have to watch yeah. it. Okay. It, I'll put it on the list. It is very good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So Dan Guilleray, the I can't wait to see more of this guy. He has a really good taste for that dark, gritty, unnerving kind of sense in his films. Budget for this film was eight point five million. The box office, the grossing was fifty million. This film did really well for this type of film. Was it a huge success? Uh, probably not. So I'm burping up on you guys as I'm talking here. <laughs> Congratulations are getting gassy forest for today. It was a moderate success for this type of film and for a film that was a debut from this brand new actor. I mean, it. it it's a strong showing from very strong director and cast. Brand new director, just to clarify. Jake Gyllenhaal has been around for a while. You said actor. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was yeah. stringing good, him. Good. Also strong performance from the actor Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. And, you know, normally it, the the heart the heart of this show that we do is underrated movies. Yes. And so while the, the reason this was my pick is because I knew that financially, yes, it was technically a, a success. But when I did more in-depth research into it, I'm like, this movie had to have won awards, right? Like, and looking into it, I saw this movie was just snuffed. It it, it was nominated for everything under the sun and won almost nothing. Jake Gyllenhaal should have won Best Actor for this. I don't care what anyone says. He should have won Best Actor for this movie. Dan Gilroy, even though it was his first movie... 
probably should have won Best Director for this movie, too. For that year. I'm not saying this is, you know, Best Movie of All Time, but for that year, 2014, so they would have won it in, what, 2015? Because they, they, they do it by the year yeah. before or something like that. They should have won awards for this movie. If this was... If I, if I saw someone and this was their first movie... They, they would get all of the awards. Here, take it. And you know what? Here's some contracts for some other movies. Do them. That's why I picked this movie, because it was snubbed in other ways. Yes, it was financially successful. No one talks about this movie, though, and there's a reason for it that we all discussed off recording, and we'll get more into it. We'll get more into it when we get into the spoiler section, but that's why I picked this movie. Financially successful, yes, but criminally underrated, criminally untalked about, and just snuffed in every other sense aside from financially. Yes, absolutely. So I complete full I'm going full hog wild here on this. This is one of the best films I have seen in the last couple years. Like this film completely rocked my socks for a film that made me feel utterly disgusted and made my skin crawl, which we'll get into. And you hadn't heard I, of it, right? I, I, you... I, I, I think I'd heard the term of this film every once in a while, but it came out during the dark days of Ian was a casual film goer, you know, about five years ago. Anyway, the point being is, is this film was fucking amazing. All of the performances were, were good. I mean, I knew Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. I think he's very good in a lot of stuff. He's kind of one of those actors that I think really is again underrated and mm -hmm. really like a lot of people like oh yeah i know that guy but it's not like he's like a a tom cruise or no. you know you know those kind tom of hanks tom hanks yeah you know so many toms anyway the point being is is yeah and then the other thing is too is dan gilroy too um he reminds me a lot of um a director which is in my top 10 favorite directors um alex garland who is a major super famous, or in my opinion, super famous, excellent sci-fi director. He did Ex Machina, he did Annihilation, and that's another example of these filmmakers where they've only done a couple films, but the ones that they've done are so goddamn good, and they just need to keep on making these really good films, especially in an era nowadays where everything is so focused on consumerism and appealing to the general public and everything which this film has commentaries about these type of directors. They need to keep on making their shit because this is the kind of stuff that makes film great for me. And I'll leave it at that for now. Absolutely. I also wanted to talk about the, the energy of this film. So as Ian mentioned, this film will make you feel dirty, disgusting. Yeah. W without a doubt, without us going into the film itself, me walking away from it, the way that it made me feel stood out more than the actual story. I enjoyed this film. It didn't grab me as much as the other two. But it is undeniable the reactions and emotions that this film pulls out from you. And the way that it's filmed, I think, is precedent. Um, this film was done in just under 30 nights and over 80 locations. That is mind-blowing. How fast do you have to go to do this? Now, he had a smaller cast and crew for this, so that probably made things really easy to move from site to site. And having such a professional such as Jacob Gyllenhaal, I'm sure he rocked it out like nobody's business because it was pretty evident. But it just it, it added to this film's pacing and energy and just overall outlook to this dark, seedy underbelly of this city i mean the majority of every single scene was at night and you can really feel the the gritty grossness to me this film is not appealing 
but it's not trying to be. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to. The The main character is terrible. Jake Gyllenhaal. You, the vehicle of this film is him. He he is so charming, but you know he's full of shit. Mm-hmm. It, and it's it's great. He's the um, perfect snake oil salesman. Yeah, I, I love movies that make me feel certain vis- visceral and um, extreme emotions, and this is it. So I'll go into more detail during the spoiler section because I can't really go into too much detail without ruining anything. But the last thing I want to bring up just to like try and sell this to all of you who have not seen this film is this film very much has a lot of themes of uh, it's a commentary on consumerism, on voyeurism, on just the general idea of the fact that it's all about consuming the latest, greatest, biggest thing like I'm going to quote a, a song that came to mind um, by the band Tool called Vicarious. Mm-hmm. Um, this, and Jacob knows exactly what I'm talking about since he's Mr. You know, music buff of the three of us. Like, I just, when watching this film, I just had that song playing through my head the entire time of Vicarious. Like, that's what this movie to me is about. And I really like that as disgusting as it makes me feel. That's all I'll say it now, and then we'll get more into after this commercial break. Boy, boy. All right, welcome back, everyone, to part two of our discussion on Nightcrawler. Um, jumping straight into it, because me and Ian specifically are just going to be basically gushing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to clean up their mess. It's really gross, you guys. I need to be paid more. Oh, actually, you're getting you know, paid? I need to be paid. <laughs> you're getting paid? Um, hey, that's another theme in this film. I want more money. Yeah, right. And if you want to give us more money, head over to our Patreon so we can get video recording oh, equipment. I'm going to fit it in every time. Do it. Shameless. Do it. Okay. Spit so before you fit. So as as Ian mentioned right before we went to commercial, I'm I'm a big music guy. Don't know everything about music. Don't come at me with that fucking bullshit, but I <laughs> I love I love music and I love what music does to the tone of things. And something I noticed almost immediately and it made my eyebrows raise and then kind of I, I had the rock eyebrow where one's up and the other's down. Because I was mm-hmm. like, what are they trying to do here? Because The Spock eyebrow? Yes. They were playing happy music in moments or, you know, soothing music in moments of pure terror and of pure just this is the worst moment in someone's life. They literally got into an accident or there's a fire going on. And then I realized it's because we were seeing it from Lou's perspective. We are in Lou's head. The reason that this music is playing is because he just came to a realization. The, the moment it hit me is when he is the first moment. And like I said, spoiler section, so we're going to just get into it. He goes, he gets to the site of a crash. He beats everyone there. He beats the cops. He beats the firefighters. He beats, he beats everyone there. And he gets there and... He's starting to shoot, and he realizes that, God, this just isn't a good angle. Mm-hmm. And he comes to a realization, and he goes over and he moves the body. He starts dragging the body. We don't necessarily know if they're dead. They're unresponsive. Cannot confirm or deny if they were dead. But he starts dragging the body over, goes back up the hill a little bit, and has a good angle. And there's happy music playing during that. And... My interpretation of that is because Lou just realized, holy shit, I can now manipulate things to my benefit because now I can get the best angles. No one else is going to have these angles because don't think anyone's doing this, but 
it's a happy realization moment for him when you're watching just a monster do a horrendous thing. And that sent chills down my spine because, but it also made me really happy because I'm like, oh my God, they're using music properly and brilliantly to me. And the really cool kind of minor note in that film is it takes something as kind of minuscule in uh, movies that we see nowadays as moving a body and it makes it hugely dramatic. Mm -hmm. That is a turning point in the movie where you're like, holy shit, this guy does not care at all. He, He, about anyone else. This is about him and his goals at the current moment. He is this this twisted individual that is so likable, but you know he's a total shitbag, and he moves this body, and when that happens, to me, I'm like, okay, he just moved a body, but because it comes from this film, it just, it speaks volume, it, it's such a low-down, gritty film that it sets the standards, and then when it does something so just minor that like in any other cop shady film oh okay everyone's moving bodies and doing crummy shit it just meant and felt something really really impactful because it was because it was the first time that it happened so it it waited till it was i don't know 30 minutes in before doing it you knew this dude was a fuckhead from the start so it's not that it was surprising that he did it it's just it was very impactful and i I appreciate that in a film. So and that leads directly into what is my personal thesis about the film's message. And this ties in directly with what Forrest was saying and directly with what Jacob was saying is the uses of music in particular about the fact that we as the audience, we're looking at everything from Lou's perspective. And therefore, in this perspective, Lou is the hero and we as the audience are being tricked on a subconscious level to believe that Lou is the hero, granted, you, we don't fall for it, at least I, I hope not, because right. he is this horrible, horrible individual. But tying in with what Forrest was saying about you know all these scummy things he's doing is, in my opinion, and this is my history major showing, um, is poking out there, is Put this it back in your pants, film man. is the perversion of the American concept of the self-made man, which was something that came about during the big industrial uh, revolution and all that stuff, is the idea of... A man, because again, and I'm saying man, non-sexual assigned right now, an individual can make their way and make their mark upon the world and become successful through the merit of their own deeds. Is Lou is a character. He's a grifter. He's a scumbag. He is a con man. He lives off of the bones of society like a, like a coyote. But he's intelligent. He's smart. He's resourceful. And he's educated through his own usage. There's a lot of times in this film where he talks about him learning stuff through online classes. He's in things like that. He's making use of the resources available to him to learn and adapt and grow, making himself a self-made man. And he's literally walking over literally the corpses of other people to make himself more successful because ultimately everything he does in this film is for the goal of his own benefit and his his own betterment. But he's doing it from the perspective of no moral code or he recognizes the moral code, but he doesn't give a shit. And the, the, the thing that makes it, that hammers it home for me is the fact that he does all these terrible things. He builds himself up. He becomes successful and he never gets caught or stopped. He is successful, and it literally, the film ends with him making a shit ton of money, 
him becoming infamous, him being recognized by the news station he's working for, and now he has a fucking film crew in his own company, and he has become the idealized, and in quotations, the idealized American self-made man by walking over the corpses of other people. And that is so disgusting and horrifying and at the same time so fucking amazing. I just, I, I can't even put into words beyond that for me. To capitalize on that scene, that ending scene where he basically wins, he gets what he wants and he gets this news crew team and everyone's in his pocket for the most part. It when right before the credits roll, it plays this really loud, distorted version of the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, and that's and what it, hammered it home. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, if it didn't hit you by that point, by the end of the film, you're like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, that and that's that's something I kind of want to hammer too. If you want to go see this movie, you're not gonna get a happy ending. No, do not go into this expecting Lou to get caught expecting because he it, it's as shitty as it is you're seeing someone go from basically having nothing to having a business and you know when you when you oops i hit the mic when you leave it as vague as that it sounds like a good story but he you you literally see from the beginning of this film you see what a shitbag he is because within the first two minutes he's punching he's decking some guy and beating the shit out of him to steal his watch Mm-hmm. Like, and and then you see the progression of him just starting to do worse and worse things to people to get what he wants, and he gets it. He he gets what he, like Ian said, he is. It is the the epitome of the not the epitome, but it is. He's doing the American dream. He's he's starting from nothing. He gets everything. The meat that's in between those two slices of bread is pretty rotten. But it's still there. But that's and what you're sold. That's what you're yeah. sold. And it's done masterfully. But it's not a happy movie. And if you're someone who likes to see someone get their comeuppets at the end, then don't watch this because you will be super, super angry. And tying in with what you were talking about, Jacob, in the part one before we got into spoilers and now, is I think that's why this film did not succeed as well as it should have from an accolades right. perspective. Right. I think that the reason why Jake Gyllenhaal and Dan Gilroy and all the other people of this film were not recognized as much as they should, they didn't win all those awards, is because it was too hidden close to home. You were you were you play the foul. Mm-hmm. You play the foul against the generalized American vision that everyone likes to believe in 100%, and don't you dare question that. It hit too close to home. It was too real. It messed with your sense of everything, and it was uncomfortable to watch. And that was why I don't think this film did well. And and that's a fucking travesty, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this is one of the best performances I've ever seen in general. This is definitely Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance I've ever seen, and he's in a lot of good stuff. I really have to commend the man. Um, it's a damn shame and a major snub to all the people in this film. It was not an appealing movie for a lot of people. Not to say it wasn't a bad movie, it's just... This movie was, as Jacob stated earlier, snake oil the movie. It sold you something that you thought you were buying, and then when you bought it, you're like, shit, I just bought a rotten sandwich. But you're like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? I, I got, I, I'm the one that purchased, purchased this sandwich. No, it's no one else's fault but my own. And by the end of it, you're like, 
I admire the person that sold me this shit sandwich. I fucking hate it, but I admire it. I ad- This film was brought home by two elements. The director and Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, and I think we mentioned it when we were watching this film, acted and responded and moved like the Joker in the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Mm-hmm. It he was uncomfortable to look at. He looked like a coyote who was emaciated and just mangy. And it was great. There was a few scenes where I'm like, holy shit, that was... That that line of dialogue should have won him a shit ton of accolades, and it didn't. And it sucks. And we keep saying that over and over again. But it's it's the truth. This this film was, was in a popularity contest. The Ugly Duckling's never going to win. Whether it's the smartest or the most um, well-versed uh, of all the other ducklings, if I'm sticking to the the allegory, it's never going to win, and it sucks. And it's a shame. I wanna I wanna give an example here of so I think I think my mom is the perfect example of of the average movie viewer. Sure. I love her to death, but this is the so the example I want to give is her and I years ago watched i don't even remember if it was any good or not but it was this ryan reynolds movie where he was stuck in a coffin for the entire thing and he's often on a cell phone and he it's literally ryan reynolds by himself i think it's called buried because he's literally stuck in a coffin for the entire for entire for the entire movie and he was a tyler and and you know what i don't care about spoiling this one because i don't think we're ever going to watch it and Sorry, nope. but you get this—you get this fake-out phone call at the end of that movie. He gets a—he—he he, he dreams that he gets a phone call, and then the coffin opens up that he was saved and rescued, and then he wakes up. And yes, the coffin is opening up, but they kill him. And my mother went apeshit. She was so upset because she likes her movies to have happy endings. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm using that as an example of how this movie was probably received to reviewers, to other people who like their happy-go-lucky endings, who have a tough time feeling this certain way because, yeah, they go to these type of things to escape from real life and however bad it's going, you want to see something good. This movie is just... I, I don't know. It... It's so well acted. It's so and it's so well acted, so well portrayed, and I think that's yeah, that's where people had a problem with it. It's just, uh, sorry, I'm getting all flustered in my head. So no, go I, ahead, I see what you're saying, Jacob, and I mean it's, it's I, upsetting. That's all. Yeah, and I, I've said this a couple of times, and I won't try. I will try to get off my Apple card in just a second here. I'll keep mm-hmm. it brief, but but I think the thing that makes me enjoy this movie so much is. Is, is film to me is an art form. I want to focus on that. And art is there to make you think. It's there to make you, to challenge you. And it's there to make you learn and grow and adapt and evolve as an individual. And movies nowadays don't do that as much as they should. I'm not saying that they don't do it 100% because there's always exceptions. This is a relative amount of film. But a lot of movies nowadays are directly doing what this film is commenting on is its commercialism, its its consumption. This is don't ask, just consume, be happy. And this film says, watch this and ask questions and actually use the thing that's in between your eyeballs hmm. or 
behind your eyeballs. My nose? I mean, you could smell too, but you know what I mean. Use the thing that's in your head. Smell the shit that's and coming off this I, movie. And I can't... Yeah, exactly. Take a whiff of that nasty shit and realize that we're that the people sandwich. that just pinched that out. Oh, he just got sold a shit sandwich. Jesus. Right. Yes. Anyway, I'll jump off the apple cart now. If, if you want... If you want the perfect way to understand the tone and just everything you need to know about this movie, go watch the scene. Don't watch the trailer. Watch these, this specific scene where Gyllenhaal and Russo mm-hmm. are talking and he starts making demands at her. And you see the true nature of Lou come out mm-hmm. in full force because it starts off as innocent. But you see a perfect truck going by. Sorry if that was loud. Um, You see this perfect rise of rage and just an absolute garbage person. And and Gyllenhaal gradually comes out of him perfectly. It's a steady rise. It's not not an innocent to shithole jump. It's a steady rise and he starts walking closer towards her getting louder, being more demanding. And he makes a reference to something that they had done the previous night. It's it's this perfect scene. And when that scene was over, Forrest looked mm-hmm. at me and goes, that alone didn't win him best actor. And I think that says it all right there. Go, if you want a perfect idea of what this movie's about and, and how like mind boggling it is that they didn't win almost any awards. They won some, but nothing noteworthy. Go watch that scene specifically. And that will tell you everything you need to know about this movie. And if you're not hooked by then, well, then, it, then, you're, probably, then, you. then you're probably not going to want to watch it. So I want to talk about the one small scene of action in this film that I think is Ian's favorite oh scene. Oh, my God. That, that in recent memory, I think. I mean, I won't speak for you, but Ian was just flabbergasted. Oh, by the my end of God, the scene. yes. It is the huge climax in this movie where Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Lou and Rick, his assistant, have um, kind of throughout the film tracked down these individuals that were linked to a murder that happened earlier on in the film, or midway through the film. And Gyllenhaal, his, his character, is now trying to manipulate and trap certain people in certain scenes to get the first hit the first glance the best footage for his um for his his company should, should we it. set up like the whole backstory because like you know the whole mansion scene and all that I, and i mean maybe just a, a smidge because i feel like it was a very natural and really good progression that i don't know if i want to ruin everything about it Okay, I guess the only thing I'd say is something happens that causes Lou to choose to artificially withhold, or he chooses to withhold information to artificially set up mm-hmm. a better shoot for him later down the line rather than reporting the crime, which leads to this scene that the Force is talking about now. Yeah, and this scene is just um, a group of police officers, um, Lou, and these these criminals coming head to head and it ends up with a chase scene in public with people getting injured and hurt that Lou purposely set up to make it marketable to these these um to these news broadcasters that are buying his shit and it puts himself and his his uh coworker Rick in danger 
and it ends up giving us this really fast, very small, gritty car scene that doesn't have a whole lot of explosions or craziness to it, but it it, encompass, it encompasses the fact that I was talking about earlier, where that, that minuscule moment when Jake Gyllenhaal moved the body was tremendous in the film. When he chases after these, these criminals in this film, it is tremendous. It is a small-scale scope portion of this film in this world but it is monumental to experience oh yeah like i mean after that scene was done i turned to these two and i said that was the best fucking action scene i have seen the only other movie which has a better chase scene for me and that's purely due to its length and just how over the top and the practical effects is, is, is Mad Max Fury Road. And if anyone who's seen Mad Max Fury Road, most people will agree that's one of the best chase scene movies in general. And this movie nearly beat it were it not for the fact that Mad Max is just more bigger and louder and, and crazy. But that scene, like... I mean, he's chasing after these criminals when the cops are chasing him. He's, like, literally tailgating the cop car over like several blocks all this insanity is happening cop cars are crashing he's rocketing past other cars it's just so tense edge of your seat action and done in a way where it wasn't overblown but it was so real and visceral that i was just sitting here like oh my god people are gonna die people did yes people did die people did yeah and i want to i want to give like i just want to give some love to the to the side characters as well, yeah. Russo, um, Riz Ahmed, those two, and, and Bill Paxton did great too. I want to mm-hmm. give love to him, but I, th- those two, their chemistry, they yes. they had great chemistry with Jill um, Hall, and I don't know if that's just because Jill Hall is such an easy person to get along with. Obviously, we don't know him personally, but he had great chemistry, or the char- their characters did, and it all felt so natural. Riz Ahmed played a, a very just down-on-his-luck guy who thinks he's found this really big opportunity for a company, and you start to see the progression of him going, holy shit, this is not right. This is just awful. And then he starts kind of trying to get on Lou's level with negotiating. He wants more money out of him. If I'm going to put myself in these dangerous situations, I want more money. And that obviously does not sit well with Lou. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to completely ruin it, but something does happen to Ahmed's character. Because I, I really want people to see this. And I yes. know we're in spoiler section, but I don't want to give too much away. I want you, I want people to go and see this because this movie needs to be watched. I know, it, like, I'm going to reiterate it too because it upsets me. I know this was financially successful, but it was snubbed in every other way. You don't, you hardly hear this movie talked about anymore. And I think, yes, even though it's not your happy-go-lucky typical film, this movie deserved so many awards. It deserved to, it deserves to be in, it deserves to be recognized for, for what it is because it's such, oh, I can't word because it's so upsetting to me, but. It deserves way more than it got any credit for because all of the acting was good. It was shot incredibly well. The story was so intense. It's so real. Cinematography was fantastic. It it knew what it wanted to do. It told its story of how just... And it's so real, too. Like It's so relatable, especially in times now where 
shitty media reporting is just a constant in our world right now, and this movie hit it on the nose six years ago. I just, it's just astounding to me that this movie, nah, it's upsetting. Kind of reminded me a lot of exploitation films, but it was like Mm -hmm. an exploitation film on exploitation films. Yeah. It was kind of neat. So, going into recommendations, I would most certainly recommend this film. I liked it. I like films that make me feel gross and dirty. Will I watch this film again? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those films where I I commend it. Fantastic. Do I want it in my collection? Maybe not. It's just not my kind of film. But once again, it's flawless on a lot of degrees i i don't really know how to pick it apart and i don't think i want to no yeah no, i i can't i i couldn't do that either uh, this is an absolute recommend from me this is 10 out of 10 for me it's it's not going to be for everyone but this is go out see it own it support this movie i, I know it's six years past its you know release date but support you need to support movies like this because this is the type of films we should be making. You should be getting a reaction out of people like this. It's it's so it, it go get it. I I own it. I had to own it. Can I is it one that I can sit down and watch constantly over and over again? No. But I think that was the goal of it. So go watch this movie. Go see it. Buy it. Everything. Give it money. So this is this is going to be the strongest recommend I've given in our show so far. The only other film that I could think of that comes to the same level of strong recommend would be Overlord that we did in season one. Overlord for different reasons. I don't think Overlord is for everybody, and I don't think that that's a movie that everyone needs to see. It's just such a great film for my personal reasons. Nightcrawler, I don't care how you feel about film in general, I think this film needs to be watched because it just challenges so many things and it can connect with so many people. It's so well done. You know, I think this is a 10 out of 10. Uh, Like Jacob and Forrest, I don't think this is my favorite movie of all time. I don't think that this is a movie that I'm just going to pop on and just watch whenever I feel like, but that's okay. Sometimes movies, I need to be in a specific mood to watch and I'm probably going to try and get this film in my collection now too. It's it's easily accessible. It's not like a long forgotten thing like Rock and Rule where it's a pain in the ass to find. You can easily probably buy it for 15 bucks on Amazon or something, no problem. Just what I did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie is definitely the strongest recommendation I've given in in this show. 110% so far. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Support films like this. Alrighty. So going into scene rejects. I, your humble narrator, director, <coughs> Forrest I am Duncan. quivering with fear on what Forrest is going to do with this one. <laughs> Shaking your boots, Ian. Shake. So, you two will be playing characters uh, from the wrong movie. You'll be playing X-Men. Thankfully, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you lot heard that this was a Nightcrawler film. You didn't realize it wasn't the Nightcrawler film. <laughs> Jacob, you will be playing Storm. <laughs> Ian, you will be playing Wolverine. You two okay. are stringers. <laughs> stringers. You are the nightcrawlers in this film. You've just come across an accident before the police, before the paramedics. There are people crawling out of this car. They look injured and bloody. It's dark. And you're here for the money. 
What do you do, X-Men? Go! Uh, uh, Logan, um, I, we, this isn't, this is not, this is not big enough. This is big enough. I need you to rip that car in half. I'm going to make lightning fall from the sky because I can do that and rain and wind and tornadoes. We need a tornado in here to, to get this. And we'll, you know, we'll have Cyclops take the picture because he's not really useful for anything else. (laughs) So I'm going to play X-Men 1 Logan from like the original X-Men. Um, so I'm going to go inside the car and I'm going to go look for a bottle of booze and just not give a shit. <laughs> what are you doing, Logan? This is supposed to be... All right, that's it. Um, have you ever seen Twister? Bill Paxton reference. Ah, there's going to be a cow flying through the tornado in this one. Cows are flying. Trees are flying. Get that picture, Cyclops. Nightcrawler. Meanwhile, I paw through the, the, the bodies that are slowly cooling and I look for a pack of cigarettes. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. None of these assholes have got a lighter for my cigar. And I'm what the it... fuck are you wearing? That looks so lame. Was that spandex? Yes, bitch. What? Hold on. Hold on. Don't be in Disney I'm, my I'm, spandex. I'm, 200, I'm over 200 years old. I was here when your mommy didn't even have a glitter in your eye. <laughs> All right. That's it. Um, yeah, light, lightning, lightning comes down yeah. and you die. <laughs> well, no, because I just instantly regenerate because I've got adamantium bones. Well, we're Take not, that. Well, we're not in the X-Men universe. We're in Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler, so you die. You're just so rewriting a, the rules. You I'm have superpowers, but he doesn't? No, he has superpowers, just not that one. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> this is turning next, more and more into a fanfic. <laughs> next week, um, or not next week, next episode, goodness gracious, we'll be doing one of Ian's picks. Yes. Taking a so this is going to be my last pick for this season. It's also going to be an indicator to my theme for season three, starting in uh, twenty twenty one. I'll just leave that that for now. But it is a longtime uh, childhood favorite of mine, uh, known as American Tale Two: Fievel Goes West. If that didn't come from left field, I don't know what is. But that is going to be after our Halloween episode. We're going to be taking yes. a brief break of season two. Um, when we fin- and then we'll finish up season two in the month of November and early December. But we're going to be doing a Halloween spooktacular this time. We're going to be doing a double feature, and it's going to be um, two movies about kids and holes in the ground. The first one is called Hole, the Hole, and the other one is called The Gate. Yes, and you know we actually did a poll yes. on our Facebook page. Um, to see what people wanted to watch. So if you want to be more involved with stuff like that, because we will be doing polls, we do ask questions, we mm-hmm. like to interact with people, go follow us on Facebook, go follow us on Instagram, all that stuff, because we will be doing more polls later on, and we like to talk with you guys, and we like to hear what you think about movies and stuff. So go follow yeah. us there. It's Eject Rejects on all of those platforms. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not ejecting these. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> Malfunction. Thank you. Error. 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 Thank you for not ejecting these rejects, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.